everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of The Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, Drew at the controls as we come to you from the WOW Business Studio. That's right. You can get the speed you need with super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Visit wowforbusiness.com. Our number one of The Drive, brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College. KiaofAuburn.com where you're always number one. Also the sponsor of our hotline, where we welcome your calls, questions, comments. And, uh, yeah, I got a feeling we may get a few of those in today. The number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And uh, with that, we'll jump right in. What, uh, you know, what was... You know, I was thinking yesterday when we wrapped up the show, all right, we're going to have Justin in. We'll get his thoughts on, you know, recruiting. Uh, we'll take a look at baseball, which gets underway tonight. Uh, Auburn softball playing up at Clemson tomorrow in the regional. But, no, that that uh, the, the biggest, the, I don't know if it's the biggest story, but it is the loudest the most uh obvious attacks i thought last night was something when i heard about nick saban's comments up in birmingham but that was nothing compared to the uh, about 11 minutes of fire from jimbo fisher today reacting to nick saban's comments last night and it has, I mean, it it has it has taken the college football world and the world, the sports world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just taken over. Uh, we will we will let you hear the comments. Um, I I think that uh, it, you know now I see there is a statement from SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey that has been released about the uh, comments made by Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Um, should should we run the comments first before we run the, well, the statement from well, Greg Sankey? I, I mean, I think you need to provide context about what Nick Saban said. All right, Nick and, then, Sa- and then you, you provide the Nick right. Saban. So if Nick, we have the Nick Saban right, audio. First, like, of all, right, first of all, Nick Saban was there at, um, uh, on a panel that was fielding questions from Jim Dunaway uh, in Birmingham to... Bend to industry leaders from the state of Alabama about the World Games coming to Birmingham. And this apparently was 
a response to the last question of the evening. Yep. I mean, it had gotten late. I wonder if it was past Nick's normal bedtime. <laughs> but um, he responded to a question, and I, I we don't have the question. Uh, do either of you know the exact wording of the question? It, it, no, I, it I don't. It was about NIL. NIL and collectives. Right. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, it's like a seven-minute answer. It is answer. a seven-minute answer. By Nick said, when Nick gets going, oh, yeah. he can go on for a while. Um, but I, I, I really wonder, I mean, I have... I am not, I never expect Nick Saban to not know exactly what he's saying and who he's saying it to and what it is going to result in. But this one is a bit surprising when you hear the response again, the, the response to the final question of the evening in Birmingham about name, image, and likeness. You know, name, image, and likeness to me is a great concept for players. Um, players have always been allowed to work. Uh, this is just a different opportunity for them to make money by working and using their own name, image, and likeness, whether it's signing autographs, whether it's doing commercials or ads for some company or whatever. So there's nothing wrong with that. And I told our players when this whole thing started to get agents, get representation, um, and so you create opportunities for yourself. And our players last year created $3 million worth of opportunity for themselves by doing it the right way. And I have no problem with that. And nobody had a problem on our team with that because the guys that got the money earned it. Now, there were only 25 guys on our team that had the opportunity to earn money. The issue and the problem with name, image, and likeness is coaches trying to create an advantage for themselves. I went out and said, okay, how can we use this to our advantage? They created what's called a collective. Right? A collective is an outside marketing agency uh, that's not tied to the university, that's funded by alumni from the university. And they give this collective millions of dollars. And that marketing agency then funnels it to the players. Right? And the coach actually pr- knows how much money's in the collective, so he knows how much he can promise every player. That's not what name, image, and likeness was supposed to be. That's what it's become, and that's the problem in college athletics right now. And now every player is saying, well, what am I going to get? Well, my philosophy is my job is to create a platform for our players to create value for themselves and their future by becoming better people, uh, by graduating from school and developing a career off the field, and by seeing if they can develop a career on the field and play at the next level in the NFL. Our players have made $1.7 billion in the NFL since 2010. All right, so we've created a lot of opportunity. We also have one of the highest graduation rates, you know, in college athletics. We have the most guys that graduate inside of four years. So we've done a good job of that. But now in recruiting, we have players in our state that grew up wanting to come to Alabama that they won't commit to us unless we say we're going to give them what somebody else is going to give them. And my theory on that is everything that we've done in college athletics has always been equal. Your scholarship is equal. They get equal Austin, Austin money. They get equal uh, cost of attendance. Uh, they get equal academic support. They get equal medical attention. Everything has always been equal. So I told our players, I said, we're going to have a collective but everybody's going to get the same amount of opportunity from that collective. 
Now, you can go earn however much you want. And I tell the recruits the same thing, because our job is not to buy you to come to school here. And I don't know how you manage your locker room, and I don't know if this is a sustainable model, uh, because one of you folks are going to give some player that comes to our school a bunch of money to come to our school. And then you're going to come to the game in full strut, I thinking I'm going to tell everybody I got that guy to come to Alabama. And then he's not going to play, and he's going to transfer, and you're going to say, I'm never going to do this again. All right, so I don't know how it works. I don't, I don't know how you sustain a model like that. Now, I know that we're going to lose recruits because somebody else is going to be willing to pay them more. Um, but name, image, and likeness is something that's here. And I think the more supporters that we have for the University of Alabama in all sports right, that are willing to sponsor players, whatever you want to call it, use them in your business to help your business, that's going to help our programs. Um, the thing that I fear is at some point in time, they're just going to say we're going to have to pay players. If we start paying players, we're going to have to eliminate sports. All right, and this is this is all bad for college sports. I mean, we probably have, what, 450 people on scholarship at Alabama, whether they're women's tennis players, women's softball players, golfers, you know, baseball players, non-revenue sports that, should, that have for years and years and years been able to create a better life for themselves because they've been able to get scholarships and participate in college athletics. That's what college athletics is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be something where people come and make money and you make a decision about where you go to school based on how much money you're going to make. You should make a decision based on where you have the best chance to develop as a person, as a student, and as a player, which is what we've always tried to major in, and we're going to continue to do that. And hopefully there's enough people out there that are want to do it, but I know the consequence is going to be difficult for the people who are spending tons of money to get players. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. Yeah. So it's, um, it's tough, and people blame the NCAA. But in defense of the NCAA, we are where we are all right, because of the litigation that the NCAA gets, like the transfer portal. Every time somebody wanted to transfer, they'd apply for a waiver. Right, if you didn't give them, if the NCAA didn't give them a waiver so they could be immediately eligible, they filed suit. So the NCAA would back off and give them a waiver. So they just said, we're just going to make a rule where everybody can transfer. That's how that happened. So if the NCAA doesn't get some protection from litigation, whether we got to get an antitrust or whatever it is, from a federal government standpoint, this is not going to change because they cannot enforce their rules, just like Nate said. We have a rule right now that says you cannot use name, image, and likeness to entice a player to come to your school. Hell, read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division I player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. I mean, these guys at Miami that are going to play basketball there for $400,000, it's in the newspaper. The guy tells you how he's doing it. So, um, but the NCAA can't enforce their rules because it's not against the law. And that's an issue. That's a problem. And, and unless we get something that protects them from litigation, I don't know what we're going to do about it. 
And those are the uh, comments mm. from Nick Saban. And, you know, for the first five minutes, um, if, if he had stopped when he, when he just yeah. said, and that's, and that's uh, what the, NI, the, the NIL has become, nobody, it, it would have been a minor story. It would have been some space filler, Nick Saban commenting, as many coaches have, about name, image, and likeness. But then he goes into Texas A&M, the first, the first half of his answer was about inducement, right? Is yes, differentiating and, and, between and, he's, and, and, and I, I believe he's absolutely right, right and he's, on that. And, I mean, that's what the NCAA hoped yeah. is, is not at all what it has become. Yeah, to summarize Nick Saban, the first half, before he, before he started mentioning... Well, well the, the first 65, sure. first two-thirds, before, he, before he mentioned A&M and, yeah. and Jackson State, the, the, the first part of his answer was about the difference between a player earning a promotional contract with an organization because they're excelling on the field as a college athlete and a player being offered money to choose a specific school right. while they're a recruit. Before he's ever played. Or, or in the transfer portal. And I do think there are people other than Nick Saban that have oh. pointed out that there's a difference between uh, an Olympic sports athlete or a men's basketball player making themselves a star in college basketball and becoming an attractive promotional candidate and the nation's top high school player being offered money to choose a specific school right. by an organization of boosters. And it does seem like, I mean, it, it's tough to regulate one without regulating the other. Right. And, and Nick Saban lamented yeah. sort of that too. And then it gets into the spicier. Then, then he decided to name answer. names and, uh, and, and uh, jump right at Texas A&M. And, you know, yes, it, it does appear, you know, Obviously, Nick Saban's not one of those coaches that doesn't read the papers and social media because he was quoting things that all of us have yep. read yep. about how much Texas A&M players were getting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the uh, obviously the situation there at Miami and and Travis Hunter was that yes. his name? Yeah, yeah, was, uh, to Jackson State. Yeah. You know, so he'd obviously read those things. Man, he stepped in it with but, money I mean, when he brought in when, Jackson State. But Nigel Pack, yes, the, I, Nigel Pack's the Miami player he's referencing that gets yes, the money yes. from, from John Ruiz. That's the basketball well, player. Well, he's talking that, about Ruiz being the guy. Right. That's, and and they've the done it with more than just. About it. They, they, landed, uh, they landed two. The Cavender Twins? The Cavender Twins, yeah. The right. huge, huge women's so, basketball I've, transfer. I've, but, I've but met the Cavender Twins. But until he said Texas A&M bought every single player. Yeah, I can't do that. We didn't buy one. Yep. I mean, that's that's what got the fire. I mean, that's what really it, it wasn't just lit the fire. That the 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 fuse was lit. He was gone at that it's point not, in, in College Station. And it's not the it's not the first time that that has elicited an emotional reaction. Maybe it didn't come directly from Nick Saban the first time, but we've seen Jimbo Fisher take exception uh, to the we, we, exactly. We, we've seen ta we've seen Jimbo yeah. Fisher take exception to the idea that the only reason Texas A and M had the recruiting class they had in 2022 was because name, image, and likeness allowed them to offer or allowed players to receive financial offers to choose Texas A and M. Now, it's we, something we, that it's something that clearly irritates Jimbo Fisher. Maybe he thinks it doesn't give his assistant coaches enough credit, or it doesn't right. give himself enough credit, it doesn't give the organization enough credit. I know uh, the Ross Bjork uh, went into detail about. The reasons that bothers oh, that man, that better, allegation better, better for him not to have jumped in sure. there. I mean, we'll He's... talk about that in a little while, but uh, 
Um, but this is this is something we know has pushed some no, buttons no, with Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo, yeah, Jimbo uh, doesn't doesn't want to take things quietly. He never it's, has, and it's so insecure. I, I said it earlier today. A and M calling a press conference for this is the most A and M thing possible because it's like they will not just. I mean, if 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 Nick Saban says, "Hey, you bought every player," you know, you did this wrong or not. If I'm A and M, I'm like, "All right, y'all come to Texas A&M. You know, we're gonna take care of you." Or just be quietly like, "Okay, you can well, say the- a lot of stuff about Georgia and, and Alabama and Georgia have gone back and forth in the Kirby uh, Nick era about yeah. recruiting, about uh, going toe to toe." I know Kirby Smart's not wanting to open his mouth about any of this right now. No, Kirby wants to sit back and see what happens, as right. a lot of other people do. A lot of other coaches in this league will go, "Ooh, let's see what happens," because but- those two. Those two are going to be after each other. Now Now that Jimbo, and you'll get to hear Jimbo here in a little bit, now that Jimbo has said, I don't cheat, I don't lie, come, and, you know, come after me. Yeah. Uh, well, he said a lot more than that. Well, no, I mean, but no, I mean, one of the things, he pretty much, he pretty much challenged anyone yeah. to find something. I, I guarantee you that's a challenge that, that some Alabama people with resources are going to give every effort to, and that is going to elicit... Texas A&M people looking to find those things that Jimbo was talking about that you'll get to hear here in just a few minutes. I, I, my thing there is, is like I, I was thinking of a scenario today. It's like, what if this happened to Auburn, right? What if what if Auburn was the A&M in this example? And Nick Saban's like, hey, Auburn bought every single one of their players. I think this fan base would be like, hey, Nick's whining. Hey, well, we beat it. We beat him on the track. Texas A&M, though, they are so insecure as a fan base that they, so Jimbo does this, and and you mentioned this, they ate it up. That fan base loves it. Their fan base feels like. It was music to their ears. He is, yeah, he can do no wrong right now. I mean, all Jimbo needed to do, he didn't need to have a press conference. He needed for someone there in the Texas A&M media to do to to say all right let's do it we'll, we'll do an interview and you yeah. can post it and say we didn't buy them because he did point out they didn't break the rules they didn't do anything and they didn't. against the law they didn't they did, and there Nick are Saban, no rules <laughs> now Nick Saban did not say they did anything yeah. against the rules he said they bought if he had just said if Nick had, Nick had just said right. they used NIL to have the best recruiting class ever then. It wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been as much to come back at. And as this has already been, like in the last twenty four hours, Nick Saban just went on radio right. and just said, "I shouldn't have singled anybody out." And he basically said, "I'm not accusing anybody of cheating." He's still saying, "Like nil collectives, that's what it's out of control. This is what it's what the issue is." Um, so yeah, I agree. Like he wasn't saying they were cheating. It was more of like. Hey, this is something that's happened. But when it comes from he that perspective, yeah, yes. When you start singling it out, meanwhile, Jimbo Fisher's like, "We didn't cheat. We didn't cheat. You're gonna you're gonna that, talk about me fine. like if Jimbo had just said that." And but, then I mean, the people, it went further. The people that say, "Oh, uh, Nick Saban attacked Jimbo Fisher." No, no, Jimbo Fisher attacked Nick Saban. He didn't attack. To Alabama or anything. Nick, he, Nick attacked A and M. Nick yes, attacked he well, collectives. Attacked, he had, Nick attacked yeah. sort of the system. The, the system. Yeah. What's going on now? Which Jimbo, makes a ton of sense. Jimbo fired back personally because I mean, he's right. This that that collectives and all this. This is not what this was designed no. for. But the problem is, is when you launched this, the NCAA. We've talked about this before. Like the NCAA was so resistant to change that 
They had no like they put no no guardrails. Well, they finally or came back and just went okay, do it, I'm do not, it. I'm and not then it's like, it. and maybe somebody will straighten it out, but we're not even going to try. And we're and we're gonna. I mean, we, so we have Jimbo Fisher's. Oh yes. So we'll, we'll we'll get that we'll get that a little later. I know we got to take a break too, but I, I mean, I, I think let me let me uh, uh, okay, go ahead. No, I was going to say we'll uh, we'll get to the statement. We probably don't have time for all of Jimbo because uh, isn't Jimbo around um, ten or eleven minutes? Nine forty-five. All right, no. yeah, because we won't have time for all of that before the bottom of the hour. So um, we, we, we can uh, briefly recap after the break what Jimbo said, read you the statement from the commissioner. Then after Which is funny. Yes, it's so funny that they had to do we'll, that. We'll talk about the statement, as you mentioned, from Ross Bjork, the, uh, oh, yeah. Texas, a the Texas A&M Athletics Director. Uh, we're just underway. Love for you to stick with us here on the Thursday Drive. Now. More of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 23 minutes after 4 o'clock here on the Thursday edition, Bill. Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Justin, how you doing, man? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Real, real boring day. You know, not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, it, it was, yeah, I was thinking, oh, it's another Thursday. No, this is, this is unique. This is the most, these are the most volatile comments I have ever heard yeah. a coach make. I mean, yeah. Nick, Nick Saban's comments... I've I've heard some along those lines. I mean, late, I've never heard a coach personally do attack. what Jimbo Fisher did. I, I like guess, attack his character. I mean, I'm yes. going back. I mean, I'm trying to think back to like the the you know feuds in college football specifically between coaches. I don't remember I mean, a ton of the Phil Fulmer I mean, stuff, but I don't think it got I, this dirty. Yeah, not 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 from one not from one head coach to another. Right. From the fan base. Ur oh yeah, yeah, Urban, yeah, yeah, yeah. Urban Meyer and Lane Kiffin fired shots Never at each other that personal, one year, though. but it didn't get this personal. I no. mean, they, they did accuse each other of cheating. They, there was there was the they did, but it wasn't like. And you well, had I, the, I think there was. There and you was had something. the weird. Then you had the weird. Uh, say, uh, uh, Malzahn, uh, Bielema feud, where Bielema in so many words is saying like, "Hey, the hurry up offense is killing people." That's right. He invoked a, <laughs> he invoked a player's yeah. death in the uh, in, but, you know, in but practice. But not not just but nothing about like the person's yeah. character and I, I wish you know. I, I wish I remembered who who did what in the Urban versus Lane Kiffin feud back when Kiffin was. Tennessee's Here, coach, but well, here's somebody, what I'll say: If you can't remember it, it wasn't as right, good as no, this. No, well, somebody somebody uh, hosted a recruit, and the other coach called the recruit during that visit, and I guess that was that was uh, the, the coach who was hosting the recruit thought that was a, a violation and told right. a story. I think Lane Kiffin thought this was a violation and yeah. like told a story and said yeah, Lane did, Lane was wrong and Lane was wrong right. about it. But there was but remember throughout that year there was the oh the you know Urban Meyer and Lane Kiffin are going to you know are they going to shake hands are they going to I mean there was can I give only one example that even popped into my head of a, like, oh yeah, this is probably a little too far. John Ch John Chaney, John Calipari, there where you go. come into a yeah. press conference saying, "I'll kill you." Like that's yeah. probably the only well, one. Fortunately, that can top that. fortunately or unfortunately for us, I mean, the two of them aren't very close. I mean, to, you know, uh, physically right now, one's yeah. in, one you know one's in Alabama, the other one's in Texas. Or you might see something and, like and that. And that's the thing too. Juwan Howard hit that guy. 
I mean, there was. Dwyer did hit that guy. Dwyer hit mean, a guy. Think, think, but that was some twerp who was an assistant yeah, at Wisconsin. Yeah, even a coach. Yeah. yeah. Just, but, but just a, a head coach. Doesn't count. Coach. Wisconsin basketball and, and doesn't it, count. It wasn't. <laughs> wasn't Bo Ryan. And, and you know what, though? A lot of these have come right then in the heat of it. Not, yeah. not 12 hours later at yeah. a press conference yeah. where you sit down <laughs> sipping water and just continue interrupting questions yeah. from the media clear- to throw another comment in about pretty good. How, you know, how despicable Nick Saban and, is. And I, I like your thoughts on this, Bill, because you, you think that, the, okay, so it clearly bothers Jimbo Fisher when it's suggested that the only reason he got this recruiting class was because of NIL. It's called insecurity. How accurate, how <laughs> accurate, is, that, Texas how accurate is that criticism you, you, of this? You don't think it had something to do with it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Texas A&M has had good recruiting classes. Jimbo has had some great... I mean, they've been top 10, well, top 5 they, they've with been, him. They've been, yeah. yeah but I don't they, think Jimbo but, Fisher's but, angry if Nick but Saban to said... Go, but to go from around a top 5 to the best ever and to act as though name, image, and likeness didn't have anything to do with it? Um, now, I do understand that in recruiting, a lot of times it's the year after yeah. a great year. And they yeah. had they didn't have a great year this past year, but they had a great year the year before in 2020. Yep. So so a lot of it does make sense. And Ross Bjork will point out all the other reasons why yeah, this recruiting. Yeah. They've upgraded the fu- Kyle Field and yeah, they've joined the SEC. Yeah. Sure. And, sure. And, and the not- funniest tweet I've seen from all day about this is that some, I think it was an Arkansas fan tweeted, it's like, wow, Jimbo Fisher sounds pretty fired up. I'd hate to be, they're on a war path this year. I'd hate to be their Mayo Bowl opponent this right. year. Because that's the thing with AM is like, eventually it's going to have to pay off. Eventually they're going to make the, but until they do. It's a lot of like, oh, you got a really. It's, it's kind of Ole Miss ish, right? Yeah, well, Where you it's what, like, I, oh, you got a really good recruiting class over us, and with all of that success that you've had. Mm, I wonder how that happened. It's it's what it kind of reminds me of. And at least Lane Kiffin, did, I mean Lane Kiffin, wow. At least you freeze didn't come out and say like, you know, this coach, this coach, this coach. You know, I hate all of you. Right. He instead said, you know. You're, email email the, the compliance to, narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> email the client uh, the, the compliance department if you think we did something wrong. Yeah. All right. We'll let you hear Jimbo's full so good. press conference. It is great. It is legendary audio and will always be. We'll let you hear that coming up. I know we're approaching our bottom of the hour break. I, we do we do have some pretty big news in college football just across the wire. Jordan Addison, the wide receiver in the transfer portal. Stunning. That, Left Pittsburgh. Yeah, shocking news. Kind of like when everybody thought Caleb Williams was going to go somewhere other than USC for a while. Speaking of USC, that is where Jordan Addison is deciding to play this year of college football, reuniting with his old friend Caleb Williams. I guess they knew each other in high school. Yep. And he'll play for Lincoln Riley. He'll he'll, he'll play for Lincoln Riley in uh, in the Coliseum in Los Angeles for the Trojans. Stick with us. We'll let you hear Jimbo Fisher's response to Nick Saban when we come back here on the Thursday Drive.
let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Thursday Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Before we get uh, back to the audio, Justin, just uh, give everybody an idea of what you've got at the Observer and how folks can uh, can can get all of that info. Yeah, this week uh, I did a breakdown of uh, the spots where Jabari Smith is most likely to land in the NBA draft after the lottery on Tuesday night. I uh, had a podcast today where we talked about a lot of stuff involving Auburn football and men's basketball. Did something earlier this week where I used an old baseball analytics formula, which has been adapted in the sports, to figure out, like, is there a reason for maybe a little bit of optimism for Auburn football to have a better record this this fall? So looking at that, uh, mailbag out tomorrow. Uh, a lot of stuff next week. Bruce Pearl um, talks to the media Monday next next week, so we'll have we'll have stuff from that on Tuesday. So a lot of stuff at auburnobserver.com, sixty dollars a month or sixty dollars a year. You get newsletters and podcasts sent to your email inbox most weekday mornings at six AM Central Time. That's right. So if you're not uh, taking advantage of that, you you really should. All mm-hmm. right. As as we have been and not surprisingly, I would imagine I can't imagine there being any sports show that is Live. I did a couple of in hits in America yeah. today. I did a couple of hits today, and I was like, "Why are y'all talking to me?" Like, you know, like, <laughs> like <laughs> about about nothing but this. Uh, well, I mean, that's it has. I mean, this yeah. is the top story uh, in in sports today, and it it was big. It was a the top story on ESPN.com was uh, uh, Nick were, were Nick Saban's comments, but those were nothing compared to get ready, folks. Before, here we go. Before yeah. before we start this, all right. So I want to know from you, you guys. You see that Jimbo Fisher has announced a press conference, and he's gonna he's gonna say something about this. Did I, you in any any ballpark think he would do this? No, no. I was hoping he would do something yeah. like this, I, and I thought but he was I never gonna, thought I thought he would come out and say. He, Nick shouldn't have said we bought the players. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, NI, we're clean. We're NI, not cheating. You know, we're doing everything by the rules. And I, you know, little, that's what I thought and, he was going to do. And he did go on and say he, that he wasn't a fan of collectives and it's out of control himself. If you listen closely, you might hear those comments in between his uh, the the fire that he is breathing. All right, so we'll let you listen now to this morning's press conference with Jimbo Fisher. Audio level's good. All right. Coach, uh, like to respond to some comments made last night in Alabama? Uh, yes, I would. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. And they broke state laws. They're, they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him 
doesn't allow those things to happen. It's ridiculous. But when, when he's not on top and the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families and Texas A&M because we do things right. We're always going to do things right. But we're, not, we're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. It's despicable that we got to sit here at this level of ball and, and say these things to defend the people of this organization, the kids, 17-year-old kids and their families. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. It really is. And it's a shame we have to sit up here and have this conversation about things we do. And it's and it personal to us? Yes, it is. It's personal to A&M. It's personal to our players. It's personal to our coaches and everybody involved. And I know the guy. know him really well. It's amazing that we're allowed to do those things. It's really despicable. And I, and I hate it. For our players who are coming here, who did things the right way, have done things the right way, and will continue to do things the right way, I apologize to you that people insult you publicly the way they're doing it. And our fans, I, I apologize to you guys for people saying those things about Texas A&M. I promise you this, there are, no, there are no violations. There are nothing wrong. It's the second time we've had to do this with grown men who don't get their way and want to pout, throw a fit, and act up. Just go ask all the people who work for him. You'll know exactly what he's about. I always said this. My dad always told me this. When people show you who they are, believe them. He's showing you who he is. Questions? To the left, Olin. A couple of things, Jimbo. First of all, have you had any contact with Nick since? No. Oh, he's called. You just didn't take the call? Not going to. We're done. And uh, He shows you who he is. And then I just wanted to. He's the greatest ever, huh? And then I just wanted when you to. you got all the advantages? Huh? It's easy. And I just wanted to uh, just put it point blank. So no players in your. You're saying that no players in There's the There's no, no bylaws of anything, anything we ever promised, done, anything that goes against the laws of the state of Texas. And it's insulting to say a 17 year old and his family broke laws. No. Down front, Brent. You know, y'all have both spoken so highly of each other in the past in terms of what y'all have done in your previous relationship. So how disappointing was it to hear that from him, you know, in terms of, you know, a mentor type to you it's as disappointing. well? No, I wasn't. No, listen, you coach with people like Bobby Bowden and learn how to do things. You coach with other people and learn how not to do things. There's a reason people don't go, I ain't went back and worked for him with opportunities. Coach back behind don't the lights. associated with it. Coaches, uh, is this an area where you would want to see the league office and the SEC, the commissioner's office, get involved if if coaches are putting out specific accusations yeah, of that's violence? Their job. That's, that's fine. I'm sure they will. They'll reprimand or say something, and we'll move on, I guess. But this is about our players in Texas A&M and the people who work for and the coaches here. That's what this is about. Make a mistake. We're not going anywhere. 
We have still a lot of work to do. We're not where we want to be. This is going to be a great program, and we're building it into a great program. Any other questions down front, Travis? I know everyone saw the initial post from sliced bread or whatever, but where do you feel like this is, is coming from? You got me. Sliced bread. <laughs> well, but I mean, when coaches say that, come on, man. Especially, never mind. The operation and tactics of certain people who say them, and anybody who coached with him know them, Anybody out there in this business knows it? Amazing. Just and, go where he's been. And I know that you don't necessarily, you can't have the, the conversation with people who do NILs or have that contact, but would you like to see the, the, the collective that that, that does support I would like to find unified rules across this country to put things in place. What? That's what I want. And I don't know what those are. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. I don't know what the antitrust laws, all those bylaws, so the government needs to step in because this is these things here, and what's funny, in that talk, right before he said that about us, wasn't he soliciting funds from the crowd? It's amazing, wasn't it? To the left, Rob. When you walk on water, I guess, don't matter. Howdy, Coach. Um, so you've told us how you don't look at social media. How, tell, tell us about when you found out about – I'm right here, Coach. Mark to Robinson called me. Okay. And, and – how important was it for you to, to have this press conference so that you could defend your players? And your I'm not program? defending anybody. I'm just giving you the truth. Because I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to hide. And our program has nothing to hide. be interesting if everybody could say that. Down front, Brent. Is there some thought on uh, collectives, you know, schools, programs, collectives, universities, collectives? Are you aware of what they do, how they go about it, and no, so not. forth? Okay. So not you have involved, no, no knowledge of any of They have collectives. I know there's a collective here. I don't know who's got what, when's got what. Had no idea last year. That is not what we do or what we're about. I was going to say, that's by design. you saying, hey, I'm staying out of this. Yeah, I mean, how am I going to? I mean, I have no sponsorships in those things. And that's the truth. Well, you, listen, I'm going to tell you one thing. You can, you can call me anything you want to call me. You ain't calling me a cheat. I don't cheat and I don't lie. So I learned that when I was a kid. If you did... The old man slapped you side of the head. Maybe somebody should have slapped him. Yeah, that's one you. thing you don't. Now you're fooling with their name. That don't. If it was Texas A&M's name, you're saying with those kids' name and our name. I'll put it with any of them. Front left, Olin. Uh, Coach SEC. I don't. I ain't into that. I wasn't raised that way. Yeah, Jimbo. SEC spring meetings are coming up. The media days in a couple of months, and then October eighth. What do you think? That's. Uh, is, it, is it going to be awkward? And awkward about what? When you have to face it or have to... I don't mind to... confrontation. <clears throat> Live with it my whole life. Kind of like it myself. Anything else? Uh, Rob and then Travis? Backing away from it wasn't the way I was raised. Coach, what do, you, what do you say to your players about something like this? Keep doing the right things and believe in yourself. And, I, and I'm sorry that people say those things about you. But I will defend you. Because I know nothing was wrong. That's what it's about. Talking about setting examples for players and creating value and all that, all those good, you know, talks we have. He has, you know what I mean. Live it. It's amazing. We'll go, Travis, and then Brent. When you when you talk about uniform legislation, setting a hell of an example. When you, when you talk about uniform legislation, would you like to see that the schools be able to have a little bit more ability to? I, I, listen, I'm not. I, I don't know that. I don't know what's right. I just it just needs to be uniform across the board. 
and it's hard because the government's going to have to get involved with it. I'm not into that. I just know that what we did was nothing wrong. We're not done the wrong way. Nothing was promised. Nothing was deal. And we didn't buy every. We didn't buy any players. You've been in this business a long time. A long time. Seen, seen a lot of things. It's disgusting to what we're into right now, right. especially by the people who are throwing the darts, who have no glass in their house. So my question was: Is this the most? Upset, disappointed, angry you've been about something in your coaching career? It's despicable for what it does for the sport. And the operations, the way things were done the other way, when the parity was there, like we said, never has been parity. Certain people never followed the rules anyway. Do you suspect Nick has uh, bent the rules? No. Uh, that was uh, Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, I mean, he... To the very end, I mean, he's still getting, yeah. No, and you can, you know, I can, I can understand. I, I can understand why Jimbo Fisher took exception to some of this. It's also that some of it's a little bit confusing as far as like when they're talking about being accused of violating laws and being accused of being a cheat, like that. That I think you have to you have to do some interpreting of Nick Saban's uh, right. remarks. I know Ross Bjork sort of put out something in his statement base, base, explaining how yeah. state law is in, is involved and I guess basically saying they paid for their players through NIL and bought their players would in fact be a violation of Texas's NIL law, which is kind of funny because it's like so many states don't really have them or they just gave up on and, them. And and, and it's a, it's impressive that A&M was able to overcome well, that and still have the number one recruiting you know, class. Yeah, and and and, Te- and B. John Robinson has all those NIL deals at Texas because they run such a tight ship in the state of Texas when it comes to NIL. Well, I mean, and the thing is, it's, it's about as dark a shade of gray as it yeah. gets when you say uh, we didn't violate anything by using NIL to induce them when every player that's being recruited knows what they can get under NIL before they sign. So there's no way to really control that. The other funny part about this is, and something that Jimbo's used as ammunition already, I don't think he referenced it today, but this all goes back to the random message board poster where it was like, they spent $30 million. Well, first of all, no. And (laughs) uh, second, because that's a question in in my mailbag for tomorrow. So I was like, how much money would Auburn have to pay to have the number one recruiting class in NIL? I said, well, if you take... Texas A&M's recruiting class or equitable classes, you know, multiply it out by their NIL value. You're looking at probably two, three million dollars. Not thirty, not thirty million. And that's and that's something where and, and I, so A&M, yeah. that's so ridiculous. Yes, that's so out of bounds that Jimbo's like, oh, well, obviously that's not true. You know, everybody's making this junk up. You can just say whatever you want now. And so he's twisting that to be like that's essentially what Nick Saban is accusing me of even though I'm pretty sure Nick Saban doesn't think that A&M spent 30 million dollars on their yeah, on their I, recruiting class. I can sympathize with if you know if Jimbo Fisher is taking exception to the it's idea a that million he, and a half per side he has a, you know, yeah. if if this recruiting class is a major accomplishment for Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M people I can understand how they're sensitive to the idea that you're trying to diminish that accomplishment by suggesting that NIL had everything to do with it or or a large uh, you know, a large amount uh, to uh, to so do what? with it. Yeah, just be proud of it. That's right. Who cares? Yes. That's my whole thing. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, we, yeah, we're and and we're and we're you're behind. Come us. on, That's I, I would say, come on to A and M. We'll take care of you. If you want to go be broke, go to Alabama. Well, well I mean, let, to, this relates back to when we were talking about Julian Phillips, and and you know, you had Auburn fans in the immediate aftermath of Julian Phillips yeah, saying Tennessee body. Oh, you can't, you can't. It does sound when you attribute when you attribute someone else's success to NIL. 
There is sounds like you're a sore loser. There is there is a there is a loser there behavior. is a twinge yeah. of sour grapes yes. in it. No matter who you are, when you say, "Well, that's it, it, whether it's," I mean, look, you don't think you think you think Joe Knight, as we pointed out, you think Joe Knight Broom didn't hear offers nil offers from other places before choosing Auburn. Oh, yeah. Like you know, you don't. I mean, Auburn. Treyor. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, I mean, you think, yeah. yeah. So so it's. I mean, and and you're not hearing. You know, you're, you're not. It, it does seem like it's unevenly applied as far as, right. oh, well, this, you know, this, we... Because there are no rules. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I can understand, at least from that point, why, it, you know, it, it's setting off some, you know, it, it, it's setting off some tempers at Texas A&M at the same time. It's also a very deeply secure, insecure it, fan base. And it strains credulity, right, to say it just so happens that the yes. year NIL is allowed, yes. a place that had never... Had a top five recruiting class in its history. Gets number one. Has the number one recruiting class it, in the very, in the number one recruiting class ever. in the history of these right. recruiting yeah. services. It's very similar to what happened at Ole Miss, right? Now, and, you, and of course, and of course, it was proven that Ole Miss broke the rules. Well, guess what? Everyone does. The, the fact was it the fact wasn't that Ole Miss cheated; is that they were sloppy. When they they there were so many like yeah. th- smoking guns at the end well, of it, where it's like it was a real amateur operation. But but like we said a while ago, Texas A and M has had very good recruiting classes. Uh, it's not like Ole Miss had been close and then took yeah that no next they went step. from recruiting in the twenties to recruiting in the fives right. like right 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 off the bat. It's different from recruiting in the top ten to being number one. Yeah, I mean, that's in your Texas A and M can happen. In your Texas A and M, you're in the state of Texas and you're in the SEC like. Theoretically, if you would have thought heading into this area, it's like, okay, Alabama and Georgia have gone back and forth as the number one recruiting classes in the last 30, 100 years. Who would break that cycle? Who would be the one to like, and if you just started listing programs that would make sense, A&M would be one of them. I would say Texas would be one of them as well, just because of where they are. And so it's not out of the question, but it's just, it's out of the question. It, it goes, or it's a little fishy. It goes, it goes over the top of Alabama. And Nick Saban can just say, well, I'm just asking questions. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just curious about how all this works. That would have been one thing. Instead, he's like, well, A&M bought all these dudes. Well, we finished number two. I think Jimbo, I think yeah. Jimbo should have taken the sour grapes approach too. There's a little bit of that in Ross Bjork's statement. Yes. Ross Bjork makes yeah. the, Ross if, he Bjork makes ju- the, if he had just done that, Ross Bjork makes the comment. I don't have the frame. I don't have it right in front of me, but it makes something along the lines of, uh, if you're a dictator. Gee, Nick, we beat you on it, the field well, and we, and we beat you in recruiting. Well, you don't like it. Well, do Ross, you? Ross, I mean, if he'd said something like Ross, that. Well, Ross Bjork says, uh, dictators, uh, who have an empire in decline start making excuses and start blaming Jeez. other people. Like Ross Bjork says they're that gonna be, they're going to beat them yeah, by thirty I mean, this year. Ro- Ro- I mean, when you're the athletic, oh my when the gosh, they're going to kill that. them. <laughs> I mean, I just you I mean, know think about how much think about how much Alabama tried to beat Texas A&M by nine million points the year after Johnny Manziel yes. beat them. Now they have yeah. like like there's it's more than like oh you beat us we're upset. It's now it's like oh no we're going to try to wipe you off the face of the planet. Oh, it's going to be so great. We need to get to our final break of hour number one. We've opened up the phone lines. Love for you to join in here on the Thursday Drive. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. 
Well, we've come to the end of hour number one. We're going to jump right to the phones. Brett, hang on right after our top of the hour break here. we got to take care of some business, and we will uh, open the lines up, and Brett will get us started if he hangs on. Love for you to be with us in hour number two, which is coming up here on the Thursday Drive. Sports Leader, ESPN 106.7, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Thursday Drive, a crazy day in the sports world. We will get to that. Of course, we're going to open up the phone lines. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, we'll take care of some business first, though, as we come to you from the WOW Business Studio. You can get the speed you need with super-fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Visit wowforbusiness.com. Hour number two of The Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And, yes, when we open the phone lines, we welcome your calls on the Kia of Auburn hotline. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson, Drew at the controls here in the WOW Business Studio. And let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline because Brett called in when we uh, uh, were running out of time there in hour number one. And let's go ahead and get to the phone. Hey, Brett, how you doing today? Doing good. Good to hear from you, Brett. Hey, uh, yeah, hey, Dan, I, I don't understand the people who are saying Nick Saban didn't uh, come out and say Texas A&M was cheating. I mean, when you start talking about all the things wrong with NIL, then you go to, uh, well, we finished second, they finished first, they bought players, well, we didn't buy any players. The only way NIL would have any type of effect is if she told somebody during the recruiting process and then they came. You, you can't say NIL has anything to do with it without saying that they're cheating. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. He insinuated, but, but uh, Jimbo didn't insinuate. But no, uh, and, and, no. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's it's you can you can sort of you can decide for yourself how far Saban went. But A and M is making it clear that Jimbo Fisher took this as a personal attack. 
Jimbo Fisher absolutely and he made it a personal and, attack and, and responded in kind. But that's sort of the, the you know the point from A and M was this was this was personal from Saban, and that's why Jimbo's response was personal. Well, Dan, you know, I, I, I'm not a big uh, Jimbo Fisher fan at all, but I, I don't blame him. I mean, look, um, Ralph Sandrich, years about 10 years ago, came out and said exactly how Alabama was getting players. Exactly. He, he talked about the agents, and he even said, look, if Nick Saban disagrees with what I'm saying, let him come at me because I got the proof. Well, Six months later, we got the D.J. Fluker uh, fiasco. And guess what was going on? We had an agent who was always on the field, football uh, games and practice, along with the runner, who just so happened to be a saving recruit. And they were funneling money and product, merchandise, to Fluker and his mom. So, you know, I, I don't blame him. It, 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 Anybody ever said that about Auburn? I would hope Auburn would uh, reply in kind just like they did. I, I have no problem at all, Brett, with a response. Um, I, I think... We've seen Bruce Pearl respond to I, yeah. attacks on his integrity uh, in, in, in the past. I, 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 think, I think it could have been uh, worded a little, a little differently. I mean, if there'd been more of the how they, you know... Uh, how they they didn't do things. I mean, I don't have a problem with with Jimbo responding at all, and he does have more knowledge than most and, because of yep. extended yeah. an extended uh, uh, length of time working under Nick Saban. And not, and not to say either of these guys are leaning into it, you know, and, and making this a, a public spectacle intentionally. But we were just speculating during the commercial break, Brett. You you wonder if the phones, uh, you know, in in the donation departments at Texas A and M and Alabama have been ringing today, and some alumni have been eating this sort of thing up. Uh, you know that this uh, you know that this uh, this this feud uh, that that spilled over in the last twenty four hours. And I mean, maybe it's going to die down. I know the commissioner's trying to get these guys to you know go back to their corners and and take a breath, but uh, no, it, it does seem yeah. like uh, it's it's. Uh, more spirited than you usually see with with two with two coaches at this level uh, have, having a disagreement and going public with it. And I guarantee you, Brett, that there are two um, fan bases that desperately want to prove how bad the other one is and and how how uh, underhanded either side is. Well, hey, which is great. Which is I'm great fine. when you're not one of those I'm two. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's what yeah, I said. I'm fine it's, with that. it's great when you're sitting when you're sitting on the sidelines watching those two. Yeah. Yes. Hey, Brett. The good news is Auburn isn't I, one of the two fan bases right. for once. Yeah. Uh, hey, Bill. Can, can I contribute to that one? Yeah. Really. <laughs> contribute to both. Yeah. We'll pass. We'll pass yeah. the hat around. Hey. We'll, we'll let you know what website to go to. Hey, the last thing, the thing that's going to really be interesting is what Deion Sanders says. Cause, uh, oh, yes. Oh, he I got to, it. I, I happened to watch a little film clip of uh, Shannon Sharp, and uh, he was kind of going off on Saban saying, yeah, come on, man, you, you, you don't need to be the one coming out saying this. Yeah, I don't know, how, I don't know if those guys that. are going to be doing many more of the Aflac commercials together. Yeah. All right, y'all have a good one. Yeah, appreciate it, Brett. Yeah, uh, Dion, Dion, man, Dion he, tweeted today something where it was like, "Yeah, you he's really address stretched. that lie." Yeah. And I mean, "lie" was in all caps. Well, 
again, the big thing there is, and what Dion said back is basically like, look, you're accusing us of paying a really good black college football player to come play for an HBCU and basically said, we don't need to pay our, our, <laughs> our guys to come play here. And it's like, yeah, when you make that stretch, when you make that accusation to a blackhead coach at an HBCU, like there are ramifications to that. And like Dion, I mean, they they turned it right back around pretty quickly on there. That's you can say the thing with Jimbo, and you have to face Jimbo and all that. But like that right there, that is that's a whole other field of landmines to to deal with. It is, and and I and I agree with what you're saying. But like I said a while ago, it's obvious that Nick Saban reads what people write about things because that's what everyone was writing and saying when Travis Hunter picked Jackson State. And I think think Oh, 100%. Nick Nick Saban, I think, realizes that that in hindsight... um, Like I said, it was late. Maybe it was fast as bedtime. I'm I'm not sure. Go go ahead. But here's the thing as well. Jackson State did not pay Travis Hunter to to go there. Jackson State did not. It was an NIL deal connected to Deion Sanders... Through a bunch of other junk. So if Dion hadn't been there, yeah. Travis Hunter most likely wouldn't have now, been there. If Dion was the coach at, you know, Florida uh, State, Florida State, or another, it probably would have made it easier to do that. Oh yeah. So give it six months. So again, when Nick Saban comes out and says, and m bought all their players, Jackson State bought this guy to to come in and play for him. They said they, they all paid ca- him a million dollars and bragged about it in the newspaper. And they That's can counter. And they said. can counter and say. These coaches like Jimbo and, and Dion can counter and say, look, we did not pay him. The institution did not pay him. That's the thing with these NIL deals, especially collective. Now, the Jackson State thing was, was not a collective. perfectly legal. Right. The, we didn't do that. Right. This is all above board. And, like, they have ammunition to fire back pretty quickly on that because it's the thing with Saban. Saban's really calculated, and he knows what he's doing. But some of the phrasing he he used in that in that first thing, it's easy to spin back on, right. and that's Chris, what and that, that's what we were saying earlier, Bill. Like they're arguing two different things. Mm-hmm. He's playing some defense in the Chris Lowe interview that was uploaded earlier today, uh, or, or the piece Chris Lowe wrote for ESPN.com, where Nick Saban doubled down on some of the comments about and he the, had the serious about interview about the yeah. industry. Well, he doubled down on the comments about the industry of college football, while also thinking it was wrong to specifically invoke Texas A and M or Jackson State rather right. than diagnose and Miami everything. That's going on. Well, well, I don't know how. I don't know. If well, he, on serious, he said he okay. mentioned Miami because he, he well. said he, I haven't heard Miami really. He countered that because no. that seemed kind of my. That's kind of Miami's culture. Yeah. They can do like yeah. He, he told Chris. He told Chris Lowe that he's. Well, it was illegal too, though. Yeah. yeah, he's he's trying to he's reached out to try to apologize to both Jimbo and, Fisher and, and Deion Sanders. Well, no, it's football. I'm There's a little bit of football. Yeah, there. but that's. I mean, but he's also but he's also making it clear like he he doesn't you know he he thinks that the you know the inability to differentiate. What what he views as legitimate name, image, and likeness, which is the example we were using, and and inducements. Yeah, the the difference between players earning sponsorships while they're college athletes once they've arrived on campus and being offered money to choose a specific school. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's still saying, you know, something's got to be done to to, to fix that. And it's these collective things, right? Because, like, again, all right. What? Yeah. What did you? You you were listening to the serious interview, right? Uh Did you? And in it, he talked about collectives. He said, if collectives are uh raising money and they're they're funded by supporters of schools and then paying players they should be considered boosters here's, yes here's a 100 percent. because it's like that's the thing about collectives it's like if you're passing the plate and you're raising money yes it's legal at the, at the point but that is pay for play now 
when NIL first started, when these things came up, it was going it was to be a go-between. They were yeah, going to the be the middleman. It was going to help yep. you find. But if Joe Schmo off the street Just can say, like, you know, in this, in this case, like, I can't be a booster. I can't, you know, I'm not a member of Tigers Unlimited or something so like I'll that or whatever the version dude. is. But I can throw fifty bucks. I can throw a hundred bucks into into something like that. And if enough people do that, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago when I was on. But like, I think it was Bud Elliott at two four seven was like, could you imagine if a fan of an NFL fans of an NFL team could pull their money together and guarantee they get the best free agent wide receiver in the class? Right. They would do it a hundred percent. And that's kind of what's going on right so, now with this thing. So the uh, Chris Lowe and it's one of a couple of interesting quotes from from Nick Saban from the ESPN.com piece that was uploaded in, in the last hour or so, uh, but Chris Lowe asked uh, how Nick Saban uh, would adapt to the current uh, NIL rules. Quote, I don't want to go down that road of bidding for players out of high school. I don't. But if we go through this recruiting class this year and we lose all the players because they're making $100,000 going someplace else, then what can you do? The hard thing is there are no guardrails on this road. You can do whatever the hell you want. And in the end, most of this is not good for the players. There are some terrible statistics out there about guys that transfer and how many of those guys graduate. Terrible statistics on that, and we're enticing a lot of that, unquote. That's Nick Saban talking about adapting to the, uh, to, to the world of NIL. 334-321-1390. We'll get to the phones, and Yellowhammer is up first. Hey, Yellowhammer. This is Mutiny, Mr. Christian Mutiny. Also, I methinks thou dost protest too much. And then I think of the bit dog hollers the loudest. So we got a great little soap opera going here. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, it's it's great. It's great theater. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It'll keep us abused until the real season shows up. But uh, what I wanted to ask was this about the NIL uh, from the standpoint of an advertiser. Okay, I'm, I'm selling tires or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I look at any team, team A, B, C, whatever. And so there's going to be two or three guys on defense, two or three guys on offense. And, and they'll be attractive, you know, to be in my commercial. But then what about the snapper and the holder? Are they going to like get like 500 from a local hot dog stand to be? Well, you know, I mean, say, well, these are good hot dogs. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if it is just endorsements and things like that, now, I, I'd, I'd like to see the numbers that back it up. But did, did you hear what Nick, Nick Saban said? They had 25 players on their roster last year that got NIL. So, I mean, in, you know, in, in the real world, if it were just based on you earning endorsements, the likelihood is there are going to be some players that don't. Uh, and, and, and everybody's not going to get the same amount. I mean, because, because well, that's, that's the way it is when you're not playing ball. I mean, that's the way it is, you know, when, when, you're, when you're just out in real life. Well, I thought the whole purpose was to somehow get money to the players, and it's, well, it's a lot of money to some players, no, and no, none and to the, a lot of others. Well, well if that's yeah. If I mean, do you remember the the initial? This all started years ago when Ed O'Bannon wanted to be reimbursed, wanted to to be paid for his likeness in a video game, and so I mean, it was not. And sure, he was uh, espousing for everyone, but it was specifically him and he deserved his share and other players deserved their share for their likeness in a video game so it's not for everybody to be paid the same thing it's that if i'm worth something if my name 
my image is worth something. Okay. I ought to get something for yeah, it. Yeah, I think it all yeah. it all stems from the belief too that like if uh, I mean and. You can you can go both ways on this, but if you're a college football player or a college basketball player, and a a national corporation or even a local business wants you to appear in their commercials, mm-hmm. should you be allowed to do that as a college athlete, or are you no longer an amateur athlete at that point because you would be earning money based on your likeness? That's sort of the genesis right. of of this debate, and it's turned into uh, something that that is. A little bit different because now it, you know it's it's almost impossible to divorce from inducement from from players being offered money by outside groups to choose a specific school. And I mean, you're seeing some of the most important figures in college athletics, Nick Saban and Dabo Swinney, in recent weeks, talk about the the looming disaster they see if this isn't somehow regulated. Uh, you know, if if it's if if it's allowed to be, you know, uh, wild it's already abusement. here. It ain't looming. That's yeah. I mean. Well, but but can you do anything about it? I mean, the point is, even if you have the most money, it's more than a little frustrating if if players keep coming back to you and going, "Well, so and so's offering me a little more," and you have to keep doing that. You can't you can't go ahead and and here's here's my best pitch. Here's why you should come here. Oh, and then we'll pay you this much. Oh, do we need to pay you another five thousand? You know that kind of thing. So, but how, how? It's about advertising, and how can you guarantee what some advertiser might want? You shouldn't be able to the players. No, you shouldn't yeah. be able to. It should be like, and and, and again, I, I I know I know it's not exciting to hear uh, anyone, you know, uh, necessarily agreeing with with anything Nick Saban says, well, but but I mean, some of the things he says make a lot of sense. In that, um, you know that that you should there should there it should it should be you're going to be given the opportunity to uh, to to improve yourself as a as a player as a student as an adult and try to make a name for yourself where you can earn money. That's what it should be. But I don't yeah. know. How, I don't know how you get there now. And, and I think the other thing to keep in mind, somebody appreciate was, the phone call, Yellhammer. Yeah, you know, the other thing to keep in mind is like just because you have the most money doesn't mean you're always going to get every no. player, right? Sure yeah. doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> hurt. But you think about like you think about like in sports all the time. You know how many guys sign uh, like free agents or stuff like that. Not not necessarily who I think can give me the most money, right. but what's the best for me? Mm-hmm. It, but this is a part of the equation, part of the calculation. And I think early on, the early adoption of this, it's you know, I think it's going to balance out. I think the market's going to correct itself at some point. Although it's a little different when you're talking about professionals who have already been at that level and then they're free agents. Yeah. They, they have a little more to base that on than high yeah, school seniors who may not have ever had anything, and so therefore the highest dollar amount means even more. This, this is one of these. This is one of those fun days where I can just give you more quotes that people actually said related to this story. <laughs> I read reference to the to the Ross Bjork quote uh, from Sports Illustrated, but but earlier today, here, here's uh, this is the athletic director of Texas A and M uh, talking about Nick Saban's remarks from last night. Quote: I don't know why Nick Saban would say that, except he's threatened. There is a saying: <laughs> An emperor who loses their dynasty lashes out. He seems to be making excuses. This is personal. Coach Fisher views this as a personal attack on his integrity and on Texas A&M's integrity to have personal attacks to say that the only reason A&M is recruiting well is NIL money is wrong. Unquote. That's Ross Bjork. We'll get to our first break. Tommy, hang on. You're up first when we come back. 
here on the Thursday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson. Yeah, I was thinking we'd talk about some other things today, mm. but I mean. Justin, what do you think we, of Craig McDonald, real quick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a nice, I, need, I need to do some more. I need to do some more. Well, you have enough, you've had another one since Craig McDonald. Right. That's Craig right. McDonald's all news. That's true. That was last week. Yeah, the yesterday. Last it's night. Like you're making me it, think of something that I did last week. Last Auburn, night. Auburn had a commitment last but, night. But I mean, it's two since. Two since we last spoke on the air. Really? When was McDonald? I was here on Friday last week. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. We did talk a little Craig McDonald last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, was it over the weekend? I think McDonald committed on the, over thought, the Oh, yeah. You're I right, thought you're he right, did. Yeah. Two commitments since the last time we talked to you, Justin. Um, I think both of those guys are going to be, like, both Auburn said they were going to go out and get those positions needed, needed more depth, need more depth on the defense line, need more depth and safety, obviously. Those guys have experience. The case of McDonald, a younger guy, but played – at the um, you know, at the Power Five level, uh, played pretty well. Yeah, Iowa State. Iowa State recently has been known for their defense. They've 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 been, had a pretty feisty defense over the years, um, the last few years specifically. And in the case of Joseph, you're getting a guy that I think is is going to be able. You can plug into a rotation. He's been there before. He's played a pretty high level again from a pretty good defense at the Group of Five level. I find it. The thing with Joseph, I, I compared it to uh, Tony Fair. You know, Tony Fair came up, you know, in classification, mm-hmm. so to speak, to get more attention. You know, even though Tony Fair was not going to be a star on Auburn's defensive line last year, right? And if you look at how many snaps he played, it was like fifth or sixth among defensive linemen. Wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of the same thing. You're looking at a role player who's trying to get a little bit more attention, and around this time next year, more people maybe watch him on film, have a shot to play pro ball, um, then get more. Sp- you know, get more attention and get get better competition than you would at, at Memphis. So both of those good depth pieces, and it's like, yeah, man, this is this is this is the time of year to what you get at this point. There aren't very many Jordan Addisons, you know, in, in the portal. What you're going to get is mostly depth guys who are looking for and, and Auburn needs them. Good news also, 25 man count uh, is gone. The plus seven count's gone as well. If Auburn wanted to replenish everybody they lost in the portal and get to 85, they can do it. They can do it. They have they have free reign. But right now, I believe they're at seventy eight. Seventy eight. They're closer than a lot of teams. They're closer, closer than, a than a lot, lot of teams. teams. And uh, man, that was a, such a common sense move to get rid of that. If you have unlimited outgoing, you should have unlimited I, incoming. I, I I am a little hesitant to jump all over how good this is because I remember the days when Alabama signed just anybody they wanted. My, and, yeah, I just know, don't know how much you're going to do that anymore. Sign, well, I mean, I can just with the I, portal. I can see, a, but I can see a couple of guys on, in high school. That, that Auburn's thinking they're going to get, that usually it might have been tight at Alabama or Georgia. At Alabama and Georgia just going, eh, we'll take them just to keep you from having them here, even if they go on the portal in a year or so. All right, let's get to the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline. And Tommy, thanks for hanging on. Hey, Tommy, go question ahead. A, yeah, a question and a comment. Sure. So since Jim Folk Fisher has indicated that he knows about improprieties, uh, isn't isn't he obligated now to 
explain that to the conference or the NCAA? I mean, well, no, he, I was in the business world for 35 years, and if I knew something was going on in the company that wasn't right, I was obligated to turn to, to you know, to, Yeah, I would, I, would, I would think the SEC would be interested. I would have thought that somebody in the media might have asked. It sounded right. like at the very, the very, yeah, last, the very question. last question, and he, was, he played it coy. Yeah, the yeah, very yeah. last question of, of the audio we played was somebody asking him if he knew about impropriety by Nick Saban, and he said no. He said, do you know if Nick Saban's ever bent the rules? And he said no. So he, he was he was you know covering himself up as far as he wasn't directly accusing anyone. Boy, he sure sounded of, like it the rest uh, of the eight, nine, ten minutes. Exactly, but but he was I think he was trying to to not not speak in specifics, specifics. that yeah that, that could be you know right. as, as though he was talking about a specific incident rather than hearsay and oh you could ask other people if you want to yeah. know more information about these things stuff like that. Yeah, the other thing I guess we knew that college football recruiting was nasty, but boy, this is. This is bad. Yeah, when you have a coach calling out a guy by name and then turning around and just being like attacking who he is and like saying what he's done and insinuating all that stuff, it's like saying he should have been slapped as a kid. Well, how about I'm going to defer to you guys? Yeah, that's the thing. That's the peak. Whoa, that's the peak. Had there been again, John Cheney's the only one I can think of that that got worse than that. Had there been whispers that? Well, you got anything else, Tommy? Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, yeah. One more thing. Okay. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. What do you, what do you got? Uh, oh, sorry. Do you think Nate did it on purpose or is it a slip of the tongue? Uh, he very rarely, that I can recall, has had a slip of the tongue. He generally... He says he says that he shouldn't have singled anyone out. Yeah. And that was and that was after about a four-minute or so I think response that would have been perfectly yeah. acceptable. I don't think in he's... Fact, I in fact, I think that was his four... The first four minutes there, before he started calling out, I think... Shoot, I would say eighty percent of college football coaches 90%. would, believe, yeah, yeah. I, I know the one here would say yes. the exact same thing, and we've seen other coaches go even oh, further. Shoot, I, than think Nick that, Saban shoot I think the basketball coach would say the right. exact so, same yeah. thing as well. Uh, the uh, you know, as, yeah, as far as whether or not Nick Saban, you know, did, I think he he was maybe maybe he regrets some of the more specific accusations, but I, I think, think he really stepped in it with Dion. Yeah, I think I, that. I mean, I think that was really, and I don't know if he. <laughs> But Jimbo was going to get at because he tried to call him. He tried to call yeah. him. Like they go back, they have a they have a relationship. That's well, apparently, what I was, apparently, not anymore. Yeah, apparently he said he had talked with Dion today. That's yeah. what I. That's what I was going to ask you guys about. Was had had there well, been I mean, before, before today? Had, go there been, scripts. had there been rumors that there was real animosity between Jimbo and Nick? Um, I had not heard. That I had. Okay. I had, okay, okay. When 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 Nick Saban came to Alabama, he offered Jimbo Fisher the offensive coordinator job. And Jimbo told some people at Auburn he'd never work again for that blank. Okay, so this, so there is yeah. maybe something that so that's bubbling 15 under. years ago. This didn't see. I I wonder if wow. there was so maybe. I, I, I wonder did <laughs> did Jimbo get offered the offensive coordinator job with the Dolphins? Maybe 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 that I don't know. Hmm. I don't know what. Maybe something happened when they were in Baton Rouge. I do not know. Would have avoided him having to work with Major Applewhite. Those, those yeah. You uh, think about you think I think he, wanted, he wanted Jimbo first. Yeah, Jimbo it was like it's, yeah, Jimbo smart. stayed right. We talked about yes. this. Jimbo, Jimbo stayed at Baton Rouge and mm-hmm. was 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 Les's first first right. offense coordinator. Mm-hmm. Too, and then went to Florida State. Went right. to Florida State, became head coach in waiting and head mm-hmm. coach, and, and is now at A and M. But yeah, I, I had not heard anything more than just Jimbo Fisher was. I mean, I, 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 I felt I like it was it would be something along like recruiting lines, like the whole Kirby versus Saban. Thing. And I have well, noticed the, the that he, thing, he praised Bobby Bowden more. It seemed. Oh like. yes, you know, he said you 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 you. You work under a coach like Bobby Bowden and learn how to do things or what to do. Uh, You work under other coaches and learn what not to do.
And um, as the end of his Florida State tenure proved, he learned everything to do correctly, and nothing went, nothing went wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Handled everything, handled I, everything I, I, correctly. I will say the other thing that I had heard um, more than once was that Jimbo bristled every time he was called a disciple of Nick Saban. He Which is a good quick, point. He had a long would, career before and after Saban. He would tell Saban, people yeah. that the Bowdens, that, that Bobby Bowden specifically Makes was sense. his mentor. Yeah. All right. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. John, hang on. You're up first when we come back for the final half hour of the Thursday Drive. Turn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Thursday and right back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, guys. A couple of thoughts. First of all, I had the opportunity to hear Coach Harson at Ambush and Huntsville a couple of weeks back, and I was very impressed. I really like Coach Harson, and I hope Auburn people will give him time. And it looks like he's starting to actually do really well in recruiting. So I'm excited about football, Auburn football, definitely. But one other thought. Hearing uh, Nick Saban complaining or challenging, um, complaining about other coaches buying players is akin to Bill Clinton lecturing Tiger Woods on the importance of fidelity in marriage. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. To, seriously, it's amazing to me. If you went back and you looked at 07 when Auburn had beaten Alabama six years in a row and then Nick Saban pulled everything out of the state with, like, the top class, that didn't raise any red flags. It's just amazing to me that the media never asks any questions how this guy can have it the number one ranked recruiting class every single year. And quite honestly, one final point, I'm not so sure Jimbo Fisher wasn't speaking for on behalf of about 80% of the coaches in D1 football when he discussed Nick Saban today. That's all I got. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, appreciate the call, John. Yeah, I mean, I heard somebody else point out that, uh, that yes, for those who are saying, oh, it's a huge red flag to see an, an eight-win team like Texas A&M have a great recruiting class, John brought up a pretty good point. Alabama won seven and six and had the number one recruiting class in the country after Nick Saban's can, can first I, year. Can I share a tweet with you that I just saw? Sure. <clears throat> this tweet just said, it was sent two minutes ago, said, just got on Twitter for the first time today. Did I miss anything? That tweet, Gus Malzahn. <laughs> <laughs> Gus. No, we, we, had, you know, we, we were talking during the commercial break about the, the Jimbo Fisher UAB story, which was something that I had, I had also yeah, listener, listener Scott had uh, had reminded us such a great point that, uh, that, that when 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 Nick Saban offered uh, Jimbo the offensive coordinator spot, that was when he had apparently accepted an offer to be the UAB coach. But then the University of Alabama Board of Trustees voted down the salary that he was going to get. Yeah, this is after the 2006 season when UAB was hiring uh, their new uh, their, their new coach. Uh, and this is also after the 2006 season. Uh, that was when Nick Saban took the job 
uh, at Alabama. Right. That, that was uh, his. Yeah, 06 was his final year uh, with the uh, with with the Dolphins. And I'm, I'm hazy on all the details, but uh, Jimbo Fisher agreed in terms to a deal with UAB, and then that Which deal was, was nixed by the trustees. Right. And I and I guess cost was was the was the initial. That was that was the talk, but I, I'm that was what was said publicly. But I mean the the word what every what everyone had heard was that the trustees that were very football tied to Tuscaloosa didn't want Jimbo Fisher as the head coach could that because that could be a nuisance to Alabama football to have Jimbo well, Fisher as the head there coach. There always Birmingham, been the talk. And there, were two, there were two thoughts. One, if a coach who knew what he was doing was in charge of UAB football, it would be bad for Alabama. Because, right. Because good players from Birmingham and the surrounding would area home. Would, would choose to go there instead of Alabama. Also, wasn't there, also, wasn't there a belief that if Jimbo Fisher wasn't UAB's head coach, he might be Nick Saban's offensive coordinator at Alabama? Well, I think that was the, the hope. Wasn't that the, so there were two things. And I, think, was, I think Jimbo, Jimbo absolutely Wanted no part but of there that. Were, so there were two. There were two schools of thought, right? Yeah. There was the belief. That oh, the, the thing, yeah. The thought was, well, if we turn him down there, if, if UAB, if we we force UAB to not be able to hire him, surely he'll come to work for Nick Saban, right? And instead, he went to Florida State, right? And, and eventually became the, the head coach there. And uh, UAB ended up hiring Neil Calloway. Uh, that was the that uh, didn't work out. Yeah, no, Neil, not even close. Neil, and and who I believe this also didn't, if, you know, for the. For the belief that old, you know, old Alabama decision makers were, you know, in charge of the UAB football program, wasn't Neil Calloway's? I mean, was wasn't his primary qualification for the job his relationship with Bear Bryant? Bill wasn't yeah, that sort of like for him. Yeah, I mean, probably Neil, Neil Calloway. I mean, he was yeah. So that well, was, I mean, he was very familiar with the state of Alabama. Yeah, not I mean, to, no, a long, not, long, long time assistant under Coach Die. I mean, you not know, to diminish. No, I but he was here the entire die. Yes, not to diminish Neil Calloway's qualifications. Way, but it seemed it seemed like that was his his Alabama ties played a role in him getting that. UAB by the way, job. you know, did Neil Calloway still coaching? He's the offensive line coach for one of the USFL teams. Wow, he retired from coaching last year. He was like at Purdue or something like that. He mm-hmm. retired, and then uh, this year, uh, the Michigan Panthers uh, is that the Jeff Fisher team? I believe that's right. Yeah, so Jeff Fisher hired him to be his offensive line coach, and uh, pretty good when the USFL is in the bubble at uh, in Birmingham. You don't have to go very far. Yeah, that's he's true. back in Birmingham and just uh, just you know enjoying life. It sounds like. Well, while we have a couple of minutes, we never have read you the statement. The um, uh, from SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Yep. Um, dad's Dad's mad. He's calming everyone yeah, down. Here, here is the statement from Greg Sankey, which was released uh, earlier this afternoon, just a couple of hours, less than a couple of hours ago. And I quote, The membership of the Southeastern Conference has established expectations for conduct and sportsmanship that were not met last night nor today. A hallmark of the SEC is intense competition with an environment of collaboration. Public criticism of any kind does not resolve issues and creates a distraction from seeking solutions for the issues facing college athletics today. There is tremendous frustration concerning the absence of consistent rules from state to state related to name, image, and likeness. We need to work together to find solutions, and that will be our focus at the upcoming spring meeting. So that is the statement from Greg Sankey. I, but but then it goes on to point out that as a result of public comments made on May 18th by Alabama head coach Nick Saban, 
And then it says, on May 19th, by Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher. The Destin meetings will be held in a steel cage. Each has been issued. They're driving down to Club Avila. Each, do it nitro style. Each has been issued a public reprimand. That's that, that shame on you. Go stand in the corner for a minute. Yeah, don't. For comments they off. made in violation of SEC bylaws. Do it again. You get fined. Yeah, yeah that's. I mean, so it doesn't even say there's a fine. Yeah, it's basically it like. They've I'm been warning you, shut up. reprimanded. Yeah, yeah, keep it down. I just hope keep that it, you know, I just hope that all of this keep it out with of the, the NIL special guest referee Lane Kiffin. Yeah, with the NIL and all the all the back and forth and the eh about all this, I just hope it doesn't distract from the main thing that we should be talking about at spring meetings next week, which is fixing the frickin' football schedule. Oh, now the fix, divisions they, are they're done. Gonna, they're going to announce that. They're they gonna need announce to do that. that. I love how the Pac-12 was like, divisions are done. We're out. We're out on here's, them. Here's All, what, like, as yeah. soon as that that rule yep. was, was I, passed. Here's what I want. I like the idea of rotations. I like the pods. Here, my, my big thing no is... No pod. Not, not pod. I, I know, but but the, the idea of three... The, the three six the basketball yes. The basketball model of three permanent right. opponents. Such a good model. Um... I'd be okay updating it every couple of years and maybe shuffling the deck. I don't know if these need to these need to last. You don't want to keep the same three permanent opponents. Well, what if what if you're a team and your three permanent opponents go in the tank? You know what I mean? Like well, if they're, they're still rivals. But it, but if but if at least two of them are, are the two biggest rivals you have, yeah. you need to keep them. Right. I could just I could see after not, a couple I, of no, years. I, I'm not I'm not for like oh let's adjust the power rankings. Well, if you're deciding it, if you're deciding it based on who's good and who's bad, if that's playing at least some role, I don't think it is. Nah. It's playing. Either. It's playing some role in it, right? Uh, you're, you're, no, you don't. You, you don't. It, it's, I think. It's, that, I think they'll try to stay. They'll try to stay with history okay. as much as possible. All right, now, that, now that I'll accept. If you're just basing it on historical rivalries and you're not factoring well, in, I, I'd if say, you're not factoring in who's good and who's bad in deciding the three permanent opponents, well, I, then I think they'll fine. try you to stay with history and geography as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, you, you you can do a little of both. You can do it as much as you can on history. I, I got a question, and then and then and then adjust to try to have. Balance now, but I mean, you're you're never. I don't think you're going to be able to try to keep it like based on lat. You need to be doing it every no, year. No, I, I don't want it to be the NFL. I don't want them to yeah. reshuffle no, 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 no. after every year. No. Um, this was the main topic of our podcast today, our premium podcast. Painter and I, AuburnObserver.com, sign up there. Um, the question that we posed to the general audience, and I'd be interested for you guys. All right, so three permanent opponents: Alabama, and Georgia are definitely in. Yep. Who's the third one? Mississippi State. Ah, okay. Yeah, probably. Yep. Is that what you want? Yeah. Who would you want? Okay. I mean, my system's a little. I mean, if it's. I mean, yeah, I'd probably pick one of the Mississippi schools, and I could. I could and give Mississippi or take. State I could has give or take. Much long, much more history. Than I could Ole give Miss. or take either one. The Ole Miss game. Can I give you Florida? Fl- Florida's not. A, I mean, if Florida, if if Florida's punch card's not filled up, Florida. Uh, but, would but, you rather? Would you rather play Florida every year or Mississippi State every year? Uh, I'd rather play Mississippi State every year. Yeah, but I mean, because that's I'm, the thing, getting, you can go. I'm, I'm getting Florida twice every four years now. That's the thing about it is like you're getting them anyway. Yeah, but it's like who would you want to play every so, single year? State, I think historically is the is the most played team behind Georgia. Yes, here's, here's what I, here's what I will say. I, um, so I've got the two most played, and then the in-state. That's, I've got those are my three. I've Works. got no problem. Which would be the most play, most played if. You know, they didn't right. have that weird year where everybody... 41-year break. <laughs> I would, got mad over ticket prices. If, if Given the choice between the two, um, just in the last few years, 
I think that the Ole Miss weekend has felt like a bigger weekend than the Mississippi State weekend when both teams come here. Feels like a lot more people come to Auburn when Auburn's playing Ole Miss than it is Mississippi than Mississippi State. I'm with Bill if, though. If we're going between had, two Mississippi schools, if I had if State. I had the choice of which one could be on the schedule every Oxford's year, just I'd, more fun than Starkville. I'd, I'd rather. Yeah, doing I'll that. take that too. Eat, I'll, you can eat well. Not I'll take. Better. You I would eat just as well in Starkville. I think I'd rather have Ole Miss on the schedule than than State every single year. But I think that's probably one of the two Mississippi schools. I think, see, I think also Ole Miss has some other. And I'd like fit to, them better. I think the than history. I think the history there is it, and I think also a little bit of a thing. I mean, Auburn, Mississippi State, both both ag schools, both right. you know. Sure. I, I think there, there are a lot of small towns. There's See, a lot. I yeah. think I think state should be on Bama's schedule every year because they will the, be. because I would think they probably. I don't think states. I don't think states are on Bama and Auburn, and and, and some, Ole Miss and, and Ole Miss. You yeah. think Bama, Auburn, and Ole Miss? Yeah, who else sure. you're going to give them? Because then you're making something up. Then you're making something up after it. Uh, I, well, LSU. 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 That's Ole Miss. a big one for Ole Miss. And oh, that's yeah. Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. For state, for state, you for state you have Bama. Oh, you're and, right. And they're Ole right. Miss, and then that's it. They play Kentucky every my, year under the current I, wait a model. Minute. I've got. I had my state. I had my state plays Kentucky every year under, yeah, under the current. Yeah. I don't know. If, I mean, maybe they'll maybe they'll say that's a rivalry because they played each other so every year tall. for the last thirty. Yeah, Texas um, A&M and South Carolina. We got to keep that one. Instead of giving them regional opponents, and instead of saying A and M, you have to play Texas every year, Oklahoma right. every year. And uh, and LSU instead they'll be like well you got to keep up that South Carolina yeah, we'll, we'll Ole Miss the- has to play Vandy every year and the Khaki Bowl's got to keep going no I don't think they do that right I, but I'd like to see Ole State Miss Vandy have played a lot the Alabama, they have played a lot I, Alabama's going to say oh Vandy I don't think Bama's yeah. by the way I don't think Bama's drawing State we were just talking I think I think I think you could see Auburn Tennessee and Vandy as as the three teams on Bama's schedule for Bama I, I think LSU needs to be on there for Alabama we were no we were saying that's the case right wait we, wait wait remember the, the argument, remember the argument we were having with Jason about the three the three teams on on Bama's Wait, what's, the, what's the argument for Vanderbilt over State? Mississippi State and Vanderbilt are, 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 are Alabama and Mississippi State are like forty minutes from each ba- other. Yeah. Bama and Vandy have played like forever, right? Like that's the yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah that, but yeah. they don't play every year. They yeah, don't they play do. every year. Oh no, they don't. Kentucky no, they Bama, Bama plays Tennessee every year. Bama plays Tennessee every year. They play a ton. Feels like they play. Feels like they play every year. Well, they did. For years and years, they did play them every year. The three, the three permanent opponents. I mean, I, I would say for Auburn, yeah, you take Alabama, Georgia, and one of the two Mississippi schools. Yeah. Um, for I, I said, Auburn, I said, I think for Alabama, it becomes much more difficult to narrow it down to three, right? It because, does. Because Auburn, Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU. Then I would say LSU. See, that's what I said. But too. what do you give LSU? LSU takes Ole Miss. But you were just, you were just Bama making the argument, like. Ole Miss LSU A&M. is a bigger game to protect than Alabama LSU. You, I think you were just making Robert the argument was. that Starkville's ninety minutes from Tuscaloosa. I mean, so doesn't State need to be one of the three permanent opponents for Alabama too? And then, then you yeah. risk. I mean, and then, I would say that. Are you bumping? So, so who's so who gets bumped between Alabama, between Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU to LSU. make room to make room for State? I mean, LSU. So, you let LSU play. You let yeah. LSU play Ole Miss, A and M. Yeah. And um, if you want to play Arkansas, you want to keep playing the the um, Golden Boot game. You can do that. That makes it feels, it feels easy. You, to, you, you sequester the yeah. Big Twelve schools with I, themselves, I, basically. Yeah, I, I broke, as a matter of fact, it's funny. I and did, I did this and sent it to Herb Benson. You know, back with the, the day after Texas and Oklahoma were. were oh yeah, admitted. it's such a good. I system. said here, let's let's do this. I don't remember. Is, the, I don't <laughs> remember the exact ones, but I tried to get it. Did you get as Kentucky? Close because that's tough. Uh, Tennessee, like Tennessee, South Carolina, and uh, I they don't just kind of stick on their own, right? Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't remember. At I, least Missouri's I, I getting some old down. friends. At Kentucky least Missouri's getting some old friends to play against now. I would imagine if you're struggling with, I mean, maybe you could give Florida would be one of Kentucky's. I mean, that's that's become something of a rivalry. Yeah, and 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 you know they and maybe maybe in part because of basketball. I'm pretty sure they play Florida every year in basketball. So I so I say you don't do the big stretch weird geography ones, the crossover games, except. I think you can make a really good argument. Uh, of course, Alabama, Georgia, I mean, Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, Georgia are going to stick. I would make an exception for it, though for Florida, LSU probably should still happen. If, if that's such so a too. good game, I, I, I mean, if too. you're, I mean, I, I, I do. mean, both those schools hate that game. And that's why it should stay. You could steal. Now you have to figure and out. And then you get Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee, or Georgia and Auburn. Well, yeah, or you something. have to. Yeah. You have to figure out what you're doing with with Oklahoma and Texas. But you could use a lot of the oh, same. I'm having them play at each other. A and M. But you could have A and M, Oklahoma, sure. Texas. But you could have a Missouri. lot of the same. Yeah. A, a lot of the same. Arkansas. Yeah. You could play Arkansas. Arkansas. Get the old uh, Southwest Conference game. You could back. use a lot Arkansas of the same Texas. permanent yeah. opponents that you use in basketball right now, especially if you're just factoring in the you know the rivalries between the schools and the. Auburn, that is Alabama, that's, Georgia, Ole Miss. That's Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Alabama's permanent opponents in basketball are Auburn, LSU, and Mississippi State. Um, looking around, uh, Kentucky, you guys were asking about Kentucky's rivals. Kentucky plays Florida, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt yeah, in see, basketball. When you, when you do that, you're, you're dropping Alabama, Tennessee, which is not going to happen. You know that's not. You know they're not going to lose. But some, and it also takes away your crossover if you want to do if you want to throw in the new schools in with the Arkansas right. and the. LSU's sure. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm, I, I feel like if they do anything, that. if they do anything other than that, it's going to be such a disappointment. Oh, you're right. You're it's absolutely going to be such because a, it, cause it's so cause the pods, the the subdivision system is bad. And it's, it's not fa- no, that's that's unfair. And it can be very unfair to some. And yeah. there's no easy way to do it either. No, the, the, it's much easier to just follow the basketball. You run, you run the same, you run the same problem. The whole reason you're getting rid of, well, not the whole reason you're getting rid of division. The reason you're getting rid of division is so you can have the best conference title game. You have to try to have the two best teams, right? But if you make these subdivisions, these pods, these four team things, you're running into the same thing you were. You can't base this off of geography. Yeah, you, and you could also end up having three of the best five teams be in, in one four team pod. Yeah. If you do that, I mean. Like I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and, and say Auburn has guys. to guarantee they have to play Vanderbilt every year because Bama wants to play Vanderbilt every year. Right. It's like what? Well, Any and then you know, and then those. you lose Georgia in that shirt. You're not keeping Alabama. Like the the problem the subdivisions. Auburn, system, Alabama, Georgia are not going to be. They're not going to be the same one. No. Yeah. Any adjustment you make is going to put Alabama on the schedule of more teams that are currently in the SEC East. Any adjustment you make is going to put Georgia on the schedule more often of teams sure. that are currently that's in the right. SEC West, and that's good news for Auburn because you're playing them both no matter what. Right. So at the very My least. Th- the very least, you could have other teams in your in your division uh, have to have to play Georgia too, and have Alabama play some more teams. And as I've said, this doesn't make life easier for Auburn. It makes everybody else's life harder, which is more right. balanced and yeah. fair in the long yeah. run. Absolutely, I agree. I think we need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Thursday Drive. Now, more of the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final couple of minutes here on the Thursday Drive. Uh, yeah, it, it's been a fun show. We, we will see if the uh, 
main characters calm down a little now that the yes I don't think anything else will be said but then we'll talk about this in Destin yeah it's funny how the the the, uh, the the commissioner uh, I, I guess there wasn't enough to really call out the ad at a and m although I mean he he, he threw he threw some shots in there at Nick Saban too. Yeah, um, but it wasn't like he's a liar and a may, cheater. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not a public reprimand. Maybe that one is a shot to the pocketbook. Maybe of Ross Bjork. What do you maybe. think, Dad? I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if the Texas if if Ross Bjork uh, is is uh, penalized more than just a public reprimand, but it may be private. I don't know. I mean, Ro- I mean Ross Bjork. To, to me, of the three, Ross Bjork seemed to be the most diplomatic in his comments. There was some pointed stuff well, he was he saying, said, too. Yeah, I mean... But he's, he's sort of explaining... Like, Ross Bjork took the position of Jimbo Fisher was so emotional in his response, I'm going to try to explain... To say like, that the I standing. think he's threatened and Jimbo... Yeah, that. That's a shot. Because Jimbo, Jimbo... You can say Saban accused A&M of cheating, which you didn't, but, you know, kind of a roundabout way. You that's what Jimbo... perceive it as that. And yes. Jimbo... He was Nick Saban of cheating. Absolutely, yeah, and and, so, and Ross Bjork, yeah, I mean he did, and that's against and that's against the bylaws or whatever. Yeah. You're gonna get you're gonna get in trouble. Oh, yes. and, that, and that relates back to when Lane Kiffin and Urban Meyer were calling each other cheaters a, a, de- a decade ago, and it wasn't. I mean that Spider Man meme that felt that. I mean there was there were elements of ooh maybe maybe Urban Meyer really doesn't like Lane Kiffin. Maybe Lane Kiffin really doesn't like Urban Meyer. This this felt like there's a lot more history in it. I mean because of how long Sounds like these it. two know have known each other, yeah, and this, this felt more like. Yeah, Phil and there were some real, yeah, there were some real pointed, some some real pointed remarks in this. Uh, yeah, how come I was I said that during a commercial break? Where's Spurrier in all this? Where how come no one's gotten Steve Spurrier to chime oh, in on this? I mean, you're you not know, Steve, Spurrier, come Spurrier, on. Spurrier gets on on recording, so like, well, let me tell you something. I'm glad Phil Fulmer didn't have an aisle. He'd oh. cheat. He'd cheat real bad with that. Old, old Jimbo, call it uh, saving a cheater. Steve, maybe Steve, he did let me it. Tell you. Steve's never been one to pull punches about Alabama <laughs> either. Nor oh, you were talking about Bowden earlier. Oh yeah. man. Wow. Fun day. Justin, uh, again, we've got a little time. Yeah. Let everybody know about The Observer. Yeah, AuburnObserver.com, $6 a month, $60 a year. You get three newsletters, two podcasts a week on Auburn football and men's basketball. Uh, new uh, new newsletter out tomorrow morning. Mailbag, a lot of stuff to discuss. And uh, won't be here next week. I'll be gone next week, but I'll, I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. All right, well, well have, have, a, uh, have a good week, a mm-hmm. couple Thank of you. weeks. We're out of time here on the Thursday Drive. A fun one. We're back with you tomorrow. Hope you'll join us. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.